correctly with the correct amount. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. radiocom Welcome to Me and Steve Talk RPGs, a podcast where me and my friend Steve try and help you get the most out of your role-playing game experience. Welcome back to Me and Steve Talk RPGs. I'm here with my friend Steve. Hello, Steve. And we're going to talk about some RPGs, but before we get into that, let's talk about our podcast of the week. Yes, podcast of the week this week is Eberron Renewed which uh, is a pretty cool little podcast here on the D20 Radio Network that, as you might guess, centers around the world of Eberron. Now, they're an actual play podcast, and uh, their first campaign, which I forget ran 150-some episodes or something crazy like that, was using 5th edition D&D. Their second campaign rather um, used the Genesis engine, and I, I've lost track of how many episodes they're up to, but uh, very, very good. They're deeply into Eberron, and it's very good role play as well. The whole cast and crew are really, really cool people. And uh, kind of as a side note, the last couple of weeks you've heard us talking about Gamer Nation Con, which will be happening again this year, uh, April 4th through the 7th. Am I got my dates correct off the top of my head, Steve? Yeah, 4th through the 7th. And um, it is, yeah, Dallas Games Marathon, uh, Plano, Texas. As you hear this, the Kickstarter will have wrapped, uh, but that doesn't mean you won't be able to get anything. (laughs) Right. You can check there. There should probably, eventually there should be an update once they get the tabletop.events link page going. Um, There'll be updates and so forth. And once I get that link, you know, we'll, we'll throw that in our show notes as well. But I bring this up because last year we got to meet at least three of the cast from Eberron Renewed. I believe so. Yeah, I know. Well, I I played a game with GM Eric. Actually, I GM'd and he played. But um, and I know I got to talk with, uh, I believe, Philip and Jeff. And I, you know, I, I know, at least based on the Kickstarter, that at least GM Eric is planning to come again this year. And I would expect you know, others as well. And like I said, they're really cool people. It's a really good, good con. So, you know, check out Eberron Renewed, check out the Gamer Nation Con Kickstarter page. And if you can make it, it's a great, great little convention to come to. And Steve and I'll be there. So, well, yeah, you can come and harass us in person. Yes. Well, you had our topic for this. Well, sort of, I, I, more of a concept than a topic. And, and I'm not even sure it's more like a word. And that word is space. And by that, I, I'm not thinking in terms of outer space or like space, you know, like Star Wars or, you know, uh, Eclipse phase or anything like that. I was thinking more along the lines of space, both as, you know, like the physical space you use for a scene or a whole adventure or even a whole campaign, but also like the concept of, of like player space and how you play the game and, you know, a bunch of stuff. And, and it just struck me that, you know, like the space you set a scene or an adventure in 
can do a lot of things to how that feels when you play it, you know, because you've got not just the, what do you want to say? Like the volume of the space, right? Like, is it a big space? You know, is it a vast open space or are they in a tight little, you know, corridor hallway, you know? And I think there's, there's things you can do with that to change the feel, you know, of, of a scene by changing the space it's in. Well, I think it's, it's, we got to think about it in the way that we think about movies, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, it's, it's helpful to think about it in the way that we think about movies. So in movies, when we want something grandiose, vast and, and awe-inspiring, it's typically set in these massive open environments. And when we want something either creepy or um, stressful and confined, we set it in these dark and small spaces. Um, think about it this way. The, the, uh, in A New Hope, when they go into the trash compactor, right? Mm-hmm. That scene starts and it shows you how big this room started as. And it's like, okay, there's a lot of space here, but half of the room is filled with garbage. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that by the way it's shot and that there's not much space to the ceiling. There's not much, there's no visible floor underneath and the walls are closing in and we're running out of air. We're running out of space. We're running out of room. We're ratcheting up the tension. We're increasing the, the suspense and it's using physical space to do that. And I think that's what you're sort of driving at with this idea. Yeah. But I think to counterpoint that you can, in a sense, reverse that. Think about like, and it's probably not the best example, but I don't know why it's stuck in my head. Um, was it the Liam Neeson movie, The Gray? Mm-hmm. Where it's just vast, basically empty space, and it's oppressive because it's empty, and it's so big. Right, and it can be oppressive, and it can be um, daunting. And that can be another thing that open spaces do provide. And there are movies where small spaces provide comfort and reassuring. Um, I can't draw any, like, major ones to mind. But the idea is there. Right, right. And we can use both of those concepts as well. Uh, I think it's important to keep in mind that the space at which you play the... The space at which you set your locations sets a lot of the tone. Mm-hmm. I think maybe that's kind of where I was trying to get to with this idea was, you know, maybe sometimes think about it, not just in terms of the space of the scene you're actually using, but the space overall, you know, and, and this even ties into, you know, stuff about, you know, like dungeon crawls and, and what is a dungeon crawl and do we like them? Do we hate them? You know, and I go back to, uh, someone told me recently, and and if you had just said this off the top of your head to me, I'd have probably looked at you funny, but they went, Die Hard is the greatest dungeon crawl movie ever. Yes. <laughs> it is. Uh, I'm not disagreeing with that at all. It It is. it is. It's a textbook dungeon crawl, but it's a skyscraper. Kick in the door, fight the bad guy, go back in the crawl. Yeah. Like, but again, it, it's, but that's again, taking the space like we think of a dungeon is underground and long and windy and wide, where in this case it's tall and skinny and stacked. 
and modern. And, you know, so like sometimes I think too, something can feel, a space can feel very different if you reorganize it. Yes. You know, or another, well, I'll call it a dungeon crawl movie in a way, not a great movie by any stretch, but it's a, a, a fun action romp is under siege. You're on a boat. Yeah. And, and think about, here's another movie that uses, that's another movie that uses space to try and, you know, confine the characters. Um, Hunt for Red October. Yeah. And how close they are on all of those uh, um, submarines. But you've got that in a sense also juxtaposed against the vastness of what is the undersea of the oceans. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it's 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 pretty wild stuff. I, and then you were talking about space. You you'd mentioned something else, not to fully transition off of this, but onto something else. You had talked about yeah. space when in reference to players and giving players space. Uh, well, yeah. So after our our Monday night session last night, you know, which I would like to I would like to point out was the first Monday night session in like almost two months because yeah. of various life factors. So it yes. was really fun to get back together with everybody and have a great time playing some Havoc Brigade. Indeed it was. It was it was a lot of fun. It took us a second to get on our feet. <sighs> but one of the people mentioned that this group has a tendency to kind of, they use the term silo. And it got me again, just because for whatever reason, the word space is on my head, right? And what he was talking about was how, and, and we do have a tendency to do this, where we'll start role-playing, but it's largely, it'll be these two people will role-play, or these two people. And I don't, you know, and it's not as much the whole table, and we're all very conscious and respectful in a way of trying to not shoehorn ourselves into other people's scenes, almost to a fault to where sometimes it's like, the you know the, these two people show you know not not on purpose and like I said it's being done for the right reasons but like I think it's a thing where again it's it's a matter of being conscious of the space in a different context and and I you know I don't know too is, is some of that a function of us playing online I think I would actually love to see the dynamic of that group at a physical table because I think it could be a bit different I think it would be wider interactions but still very cooperative does that make sense yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense um you know i don't know the answer to that issue if you want to call it that right because yeah i don't i don't know that there is a cut and dry answer to that issue because i think some of it is you know it's online so you have you know different people different environments different life situations whatever Maybe this person tends to have more noise in their background, so they're a little hesitant to jump in because they don't want to flood the channel with background noise. Or we're just, you know, like I said, oh, these people are doing their thing. We'll let them do their thing. You know, it, it's it's a weird, again, it's 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 the concept of space, but in, in you know, are you giving too much space or are you hesitant to co-occupy the space? You know, it's it's sort of this weird word of the day brain ramble thing yeah it is um sorry no 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 it's all good i wanted to go back though to to how we were talking about space more in the traditional definition though you know as far as adventures and 
I think one of the things that a lot of people push back against dungeon crawls is the idea that they're stuck in whatever this space is. And I feel like that that's the thing you need to not have them feel as a GM, right? Now, mm-hmm. and I intentionally said not have them feel, not not have them be. Because, like, for example, you know, we talked about Die Hard. John McClane is stuck in Nakatomi Towers. The story doesn't work if he isn't stuck in Nakatomi Tower. You know, Under Siege doesn't work if Steven Seagal and whoever else aren't stuck on a boat. But I think the trick in, in an RPG context is making your players not mind that they're stuck or somehow having it set up so that they've chosen to be stuck or at least making them think they've done that. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. So, you know, they went on the boat willingly. They, they decided to go on in a fantasy game. They decide to go on a voyage. Well, they're going to be on a boat for a while. You can either, as a GM, hand wave through the journey, or you have things happen while they're on the boat that make it interesting. You know what I mean? But I think you it, it, it is a game where you when you've got a confined space like that, there's there's a line to be found of when is enough enough. Am I right. even being coherent? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm no no no. I I'm, I'm wondering myself, like, you know, I feel like I'm very rambly. Yeah, I uh, I'm sorry. I'm all over the place today myself. Let's roll back to a spot where we can jump off somewhere here. What was the last thing you were saying? Talking about like the trick, I think, with a confined space is or when using a confined space in the context of an RPG is knowing when it's been enough of that and you need to change it up. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So on the idea of like a change of spaces. Um, so the inverse is correct as well. Uh, how long can you endure in wide open fields of nothing before you have to find a cabin or a shelter or a something? Mm-hmm. And I think you can ratchet tensions with players by doing all that. And I think you can deescalate tensions with players by doing some of that. Um, because we talk a lot about turn up, turn up, turn up and never about turn down. Um, True. But the fact of it is, is that, Finding that wide open space, finding that or or slamming your players in a narrow hallway, as long as it's not so obviously in context, you know, if somebody has issues with claustrophobia majorly, then maybe don't, you know, lines and fails exist for a reason. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But, you know, slamming your players in a really tight hallway just because you can just to throw them off especially in a system where it's like combat focused, your players are always conscious of who's coming behind us, who's in front of us, what's going on. And the ability to be like um, the ability to go and limit who can be in front, who can be behind where the whole party stands. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, have you ever seen, you might've seen this movie. Have you ever seen the raid? It's a, I think it's Korean uh, and I'm no, wrong. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, have you seen the new ish, uh, Carl Urban judge dread movie? Not yet. That is kind of on my list. Okay. So 
go ahead and add the raid as well to that list. Okay. And I'm, I'm, I know it's not necessarily your up your alley. I think you would really enjoy that. Okay. Um, there is some very tight, very focused combat that happens in the raid that is RPG inspiring to say the least. Okay. Um, because it's like 400 guys versus a dude. Okay. And it, it is some phenomenal, phenomenal combat, but it uses tight spaces. It uses um, both it and dread use uh, apartment complex hallways to illustrate fights. Uh, the reason I sort of bring those two up is because even though they were both sort of made around the same time, dread and the raid had kind of the same fight choreography. Okay. Um, but yeah, it uses, it uses those tight spaces to, um, it uses those tight spaces to cause, uh, tension and drama again, but it also uses it as a combat benefit mm-hmm. or, or as a, as a, a, how do I want to say it? Narrative tool. <laughs> well, okay. I kind of, I think I, I, I understand what you're saying. I don't know exactly how to say it either. And this is kind of something now that's rattling around my head is too many times I think, and I'll throw myself in this equation there, you know, include myself in this statement. When we set up a combat counter, we do it in a static space. Yeah. You know, we do it in, it could be in a hallway. It could be in a large room. It could be, you know, whatever, a cave. When you're thinking about doing this, do some stuff maybe and yes it's a little more work if you're using maps it's more work but move the fight through different spaces you know have a bit something but then the enemy retreats and and takes off down a hallway and now you've got to chase them and right right you know no, so, so that move that the space fight. is changing yeah um i want to correct something i just said uh the raid is from indonesia ah okay um, and it's also on Netflix, by the way. Oh, cool. It's called The Raid Redemption. The okay. This one's really good. But yeah, moving the fight, keeping, you know, I've never been in a fight where everybody stands still. Like, I mean, literally, I've never been in a, in a fist fight where everybody just stands in one place and punches each other. Like, that's boxing. That's wrestling. But that's not a bar fight. That's not a tavern brawl. That's not, you know... But how often do we do that in an RPG? All the time. All the time. You know, and, and, and as a player too, right? You can do this. You can do something and, you know, move down a hallway. Now, 5B is is punishing about moving in combat and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Well. Narratively, you can just, I, I, I some of that, that is, that stuff's hand wavy. I My players love it when I do that because it's like, They'll be like, oh, but the rules, and I'll be like, just, it, it's cool. Keep doing it. You're fine. Yeah, well, see, that that, no, that gets into a whole other gripe session. But yeah, the problem is, is there are abilities and mechanics set up in that system built around the balance of being able to or not being able to do things and nah. so on and so forth. Yeah. That's that's my response to your rules and balance. <laughs> nah. Well, I I yeah, it the the problem is okay, if you've got a character, someone in your game has a character 
that is built to take advantage of that rule structure. Now you're hamstringing them. Well, yes, but yes, but no. There's ways to get around that and not hamstring them. You know, I'm thinking in particular, just again, because we're kind of on the D&D thing, the, the Sentinel feat. Now, you... No, you weren't there when I played the halfling barbarian with Sentinel, who did not use it to keep people from moving. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, That's okay. Stopping somebody from moving shortly versus stopping an entire fight from moving is two different things. True. And you could temporarily stop the fight in a location to do that and then once that ability is is finished um there there's ways to get around this is what i'm driving at if that makes any sense yeah well but i think this goes in i know we touched on this at some point in some episode i remember us talking about it you know like don't always have it just be a slug out to the bitter end no have your bad guys run away Uh, oh Especially, especially like uh, small fights that the players. Okay, sometimes in D anD D we do these things where it's like, oh, we're just gonna get in a little fight because we haven't had any combat this game, and we want to have that because we have to. And so they'll get in like a fight with some bandits or a bar fight or something. Uh-huh. And realistically, if say bandits roll up on the camp and they rob them, and the camp catches them before they get away those bandits are going to do everything they can to run they're not going to try and stay they're not you know once those bandits realize they're outwitted or outmatched they're out of there so i'm going to throw down a challenge here sort of and and people are going to look at me funny but i'm going to say well i'm going to make a claim here that the meat of the Home Alone movies, the entire series, are nothing but an extended fight scene. And if you could get your fight scenes in your RPG to be more like that, and by that I mean it's spread out over space, it's it's constantly changing. You know, it does, they don't, right, those movies don't feel like an extended fight scene, but they kind of are. They very much are. They They very much are. If you could somehow leverage that idea in an RPG, I think that could be really, really cool. And it wouldn't have to be the gonzo comedy that the Home Alone movies came became and, and were intended as, right? But Yeah, no, it's it's very much an extended like that would be one of those situations where you would tell your players to go ahead and roll initiative and then they would be confused the entire time while you put us into rounds. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, like, but I, I think, and maybe all I'm saying is look sideways at space, right? Yeah. But but if you think about it, that's the whole thing that happens with those movies is they're moving through different subspaces of the house or, yes, you know, to a certain point, the, the house, even the neighborhood, and I forget which one it is where he's got the radio control car and crap. Yeah, I think that's the second, no. Maybe that's the first one. I don't no, know. I think that's the third one, maybe. I don't know. But, yeah, like, you know, they're not, like I said, I'm, I'm not holding them up as any sort of grand cinematic masterpiece, but uh, I think there's a lesson there about how you can use space to make a fight a whole lot more interesting and make it a scene 
more than a fight. Right. I, which I, I think I, is much more interesting in the context of an RPG. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think making making something a scene more than it is a fight is is especially for the kind of games we like to play, it kind of helps. Mm-hmm. But I think also too, right? Think of it in the even in the context of a dungeon crawl. The goblins or ogres or orcs or whatever the bleep it is that live in your dungeon, they live in the dungeon. What are they going to? Are they going to go? Oh wait, we'll stand out in the middle of this big giant room so we can all have a big, you know? No, they're going to hide around corners. They're going to run down a passageway. You know what I mean? Like they know this place. And the fact of the matter is, is if you're going to have a group of whatever in a big giant room just standing around, give them a reason to be there. Right. Put a cauldron in the middle and make it a delicious soup that maybe the players don't realize that's what it is. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, put some kind of something and give them a reason to just stand around. The the minute you do that, you make that entire that entire space better. Because it gives a reason for the space to exist. I've been in too many dungeon crawls where it's kicking the door. What's this room? I don't know. It's a brick room with a bunch of things inside of it. Kill them so you can move on to the next room. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I you know, give the space meaning. I don't know. Yes. I, I'm just yeah. kind of figuring out like kind of brainstorming ways that, that the word space applies to all this in a weird way. But yeah, I think it's give the space meaning. <laughs> I think that's really important. Think about, you know, like, like I said, the fact that in, in the context of a dungeon, right, the things that live in the dungeon live in the dungeon. They know the space or they should. I mean, in theory, you know, in theory, they should know, you know, this is their home. So, you know, think about it, you know, because at our uh, most of us as GMs like to play, too. So think about maybe, you know, run your your opponent's as if they're actually characters and how right. would they act in the scenario? Because, Oh, I know there's a corner I can ambush someone from or, or hide behind. There's a cubby hole down this hallway. I can sneak into and they won't see me. And then I can, you know, whatever. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. You know, I don't know. I, I just feel like space is a really weird word in RPGs because we use it a lot, but, it it can just if you actually think about it, you can do a lot with it. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. I I'm gonna apologize to the folks out there listening. I started a new job this week, and my brain is just gone, just fried. I know. I feel like I've got a touch of a cold, and I'm not mentally as entirely with it. And also, welcome to the random wobbliness that is the inside of my head. <laughs> Even more right. so than a normal episode, right? But uh, no, I again, I, I just and look, that's part of what we do, right? Is it, it, we're not always, most of the time, we're not trying to give you actual answers. We're trying to say, hey, think about it different, figure out a way you could use the thing. And I just think you know, space in the context of an RPG can be used. You know, like I remember I. I didn't listen to an old episode of Order 66, and I'm talking, this is way back in the early catalog, but I remember GM Chris talking about how most combat scenes in Star Wars 
happen in these big dynamic spaces where there's narrow directions and long directions and obstacles and catwalks. And you know what I mean? They're not, they don't happen in an empty hangar bay most of the time. Right. You know, they're, you're, you're being chased down the hallway by stormtroopers or Imperial guards, or, you know, you're (laughs) okay. Yeah. You're, you're running through the hangar bay, dodging around crates, trying to get to the little space of your ship to get away. Yes, exactly. You're, you're in tight spaces, confined corners. Yeah. It's great. It's, you know, but it's, it's back and forth too, right? Between open right. spaces and tight spaces. And yeah, we're also, we're also having spaceship battles in the vast emptiness that is actual space. Yeah. Like it, it really does make a really good use of space and, and not in the final frontier sense. Right. To cross mix even more metaphors. <laughs> um, uh. But I mean, Any, yeah, uh, get, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I just, like I said, I think it, it's something just maybe try to put a little more thought into it in your adventure design, you know, and, and, and maybe sometimes just as to the space you're giving other people at the table too, because we did talk about that a little bit, but I, I think right. it's a word that can really give you a lot of food for thought in an RPG context, I guess. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think with that, let's go ahead and move into game of the week. Woohoo! Game of the week. Game of the week. Game of the week. So I know we gave you a long one last week. We're gonna give you a short episode this week. So. Yeah, you know it happens. All right, you want me to go first, or are you going first? I got mine. Mine's easy. Okay. I am grabbing the Darling to Press Candela Obscura Core Rulebook. Uh, I picked it up. I started reading it. That is the new uh, from Critical Role. Uh, mm-hmm. That is their new setting game system. Oh, man, that setting is so cool. That setting is so cool. Very cool. I, I don't know a ton about it in all honesty, other than I know it's loosely at least based in Blades in the Dark from my understanding. It, it is. Um, it's a group of investigators that join a secret society to confront occult horrors. Okay. Um, it's very loosely based in like i don't know it does kind of have the blades in the dark feel it's a little bit more modern than mm-hmm. a lot of blades in the dark meaning that it's in like a fake 1930s it's definitely got that kind of feel okay um it's really neat really cool. really neat um uh, and again that's that's candela obscura all right well so you you kind of went a little retro I'm going to hit you with some more retro. Let me send you a link here because, hang on, right, proper channel. There we go. So my game of the week this week, and I don't know crap about this as a game, but the concept looks fun. This is called 45 Psychobilly Retropocalypse. Uh-oh, you have my attention. He was a mutant with a gift for the guitar and an eye for the lady. She was a hot rod racing bombshell on the lookout for love. It crawled from the wastes of Nashville Crater, seeking human victims. They were trapped in a world they never made. So this is set in a... Let me go yeah. get my Rob Zombie playlist. <laughs> yeah, really? No. Uh, this is set in a world where World War II was fought with atomic bombs on all sides. It is a world where the B-movies are real. 
it is a better it is a world where rock and roll mutants do battle with giant ants it, it i don't know yeah. if like i'm not a big like into like the whole rockabilly culture scene whatever i don't know about the scene i like the music I, it, that's entertaining right i i kind of like the vibe of a lot of it in a lot of ways yeah um but like i mean the artwork on this is very like pinup 50s you know like the cover fits with the title right uh pdf will set you back you know eight bucks so you know it's 100 some pages said it's powered by postmortem studios express system so i don't know what that means but that's d6 based game so it's it looks cool i'm excited yeah. i'd like to get this on a table and that pulp B movie flair is always fun to, to oh, have yeah. some shenanigans with. Again, like I said, go get your Rob Zombie playlist. Reverend Heat. Oh, Report and Heat. Mojo Nixon would be a good one to go on there. Um, but yeah, oh. Zombie Rob Zombie also because of the the I don't know the sci-fi vibe, the retro sci-fi B oh, movie it's, vibe it's thing. The B movie vibe. Yeah, it's very much, and it's also the like. I if I was running this game, I would run this game like the Devil's Rejects. Like I still need I, to watch that. You're not a huge horror guy. You might like it. I don't know. Um, I know that House of a Thousand Corpses is considered a better movie, but I like the Devil's Rejects. It's he has this flair to make things disgusting that I think would play this really well, especially in his movies. Mm-hmm. And I think this would be a lot of fun. I think you could make a lot of really fun stories out of this. Mm-hmm. But like yeah. this, in a way, feels like like a, a pinup rockabilly version of Toxic Lords of the Neon Waste. Yes, it feels like a older version of, meaning that like Toxic Lords is set in roughly the eighties. Yes, this is set in the forties. Yeah, late forties, early fifties, I think. Right. But yeah, no, it, and there is something just kind of cool about that that vibe of that the nostalgized vibe of that era. Let's put it that way, right? Um, but yeah, so like I said, that's mine. It's called Forty uh, Five Psycho Billy Retropocalypse. And just in case you don't feel like trying to type that out, we'll put links to everything in the show notes, like we always do. Yep. And as always, you know, like Steve said, links to everything are in the show notes. Please leave us a review on wherever you're listening to us to. Uh, if you feel like supporting us, come join our Patreon. If you can't support us and you can't leave us a review, at least come join our Discord. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a really active group. We try to keep that group really active. And I've mentioned this before, but the more people that are in the Discord, the better. Mm-hmm. And we will steal things you post to make show topics from, even yes. if you don't intentionally do that. Yeah. We also take suggestions. I am trying to get better at posting in the Discord. <laughs> yeah, I'm not as active in it as I was just because my work setup has changed a little bit. I'm not as able to just pick up my phone randomly and Exactly. Know. I feel that. But uh yeah, we want to thank everyone for listening and remind you to be kind to one another and get out there and play some RPGs. Yep. Take care, y'all. Intro and outro music by the band 12 Noon. You can email us at meandsteverpg at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and RPGs. 
find us on Facebook at Me and Steve RPG Podcast, on Discord at Me and Steve RPGs, and as always, all of these links are in the show notes. Thank you, and be kind to one another. How much for the cigar? Cigar, 20 bucks, dog. You got to go down the street to the store and buy that.